Again, welcome to Underbench Staples, a podcast all about MasterChef Australia from the perspective of Russell. That's me. Hi. Hi, I'm Patrick. And we are watching all the way from not Australia, from Ireland. And we are obsessed with it. And thank you for joining us for this episode. We are going to be talking about episode five. Yes, episode of, five, of, the first elimination challenge of season 15 of MasterChef Australia. However, someone got there before. Covid got there before oh and eliminated the eight dra- contestants. My jaw was on the floor. The fact that they announced, like, okay, as you can tell, it's a smaller room, and then the bombshell of eight different contestants have had to go into isolation because Covid has affected. Like, I did not see that coming one no, bit. No. Nine were there. You, the funniest thing was Patrick. The funniest thing was you going to me going, "Are you are you hearing this? There's eight of them gone." It was great. Like yeah. it's it's it, it, it was a gag. It was an absolute Completely. gag. Now, interestingly, the nine who took part there went through it as a normal elimination and um, was it uh, Phil who made the joke? He's like, "Oh well, at least we got the top ten here." <laughs> Great joke. Um, the the eight um, sickies, uh, they have to compete in next <laughs> week's. I don't know what to call them. Isolators um, <laughs> all had to will all have to uh, take part in next week's elimination. Regardless, Lopez. yeah. So that's that kind of a sigh of relief for the nine there today. I think you know you have to put yourself in those who are, who are there's shoes. Is it easier to compete if it's a smaller pool or is it harder? Because are the judges going to be scrutinising harder because it's a smaller pool? Or what if you are one of the weaker contestants and you happen to be in the, well, you know, stronger immunity anyway, (laughs) in some cases, if you think about it. But anyway, um, this episode was quite a nice one. It started off with a cute kid's photos. Uh, Learned that uh, even if your mother is a barber and your father, oh no, sorry, your mother is a hairstylist and your father is a barber, you can still have a bad haircut as a child in the case of Jock. Mm. Um, So that was very cute. Andy Allen called himself a rat bag. (laughs) This little rat bag. (laughs) I was like Lovely Um, So Inspired by childhood flavours Each of the judges Chose an ingredient Each that All of the contestants Competing in this um, Challenge They had to choose One of these Yes So Andy chose Vegemite Um, Actually while I talk about that I loved his story About how Vegemite was just His standard thing He'd bring sandwiches of it For breakfast Lunch and dinner Essentially Mm -hmm. And everything But it was because His He got so sick Of his parents cooking Mm. And that's what Got him into food Mm. Which He was like Sorry mom Love you But yeah It was really really nice But Vegemite has been a constant mm. for him which I thought was pretty I thought cute. that was really nice as well because it demonstrates that you 
and us who are in this category that you don't have to be a, yeah, I grew up cooking, hanging off the apron strings. I had been up on the table age two, rolling pasta, all of that. Like that is, you can also be a great chef, a great cook who has come from a childhood that there isn't a lot of cooking yeah, anyway. 100%. And I think that's important to yeah. show. Okay, yeah. on to the other judges. We go to Melissa who chose kumquat Mm. A very interesting choice. Now, I guess we have to remember we're watching this from Irish eyes Mm. as opposed to down under. It's an ingredient that is rarely, if ever, used here. So, Mm. like, we're really unfamiliar with it. Um, but again, kind of said a lot about her childhood and how in in her culture, it's it's a sign of um, was it like a gift or a sign of importance? And I thought it was really nice just to give that insight. Um, and then Jock, I said haggis. No, I th- I was sure it was guanciale. I was absolutely sure because how many children love guanciale? Yeah, but kids love carbonara yeah true and I thought it would be guanciale because then the challenge is you obviously aren't going to do a carbonara yeah so how are you going to use this in an interesting way but he chose the sweetened bread cake panettone yeah um Andrea who we learned is from Italy specifically from Turin yeah um hates it (laughs) And no one in the end picked the panettone. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, not one person picked the panettone. (laughs) And like Jock gave a really good suggestion because when you did do the little huddle Mm. and described what they would do, Jock was like, ice cream sandwich, make a really good ice cream and use the panettone. That is uh, what uh, I would do. Yeah, I actually said I would have like sliced it and deep fried it and made a sandwich with it. You'd have done that thing in Taiwan. Uh, Don't say coffin bread Yeah Coffin bread's with soup though Yeah but a sweetened version Okay Okay So You'd have done that Oh my god I would have done that Yeah Yeah. Yes I absolutely would have done that Yeah that's a great idea I'm the ideas man here In this relationship Yeah exactly (laughs) Um, So what would you have done What would you have picked So the choices were Kumquat Vegemite Panettone I would have done Vegemite Yeah Because this is an elimination challenge. You don't want to get the critique that you hadn't got depth of flavor. Yeah. And how do you achieve that? You choose the ingredient that gives you the depth. It's concentrated. It it can overwhelm, of course, but mm. I think it can go it can go in a whole heap of ways. Yeah. So tell me what you would choose. Um the panettone and I would have done coffin bread oh my god I, n- I never thought of that before <laughs> I probably would have gone along the lines of something sweet I would have done like a comforting like bread and butter pudding type of thing mm. I do that at Christmas for panettone when I have it oh, left so over or whatever do you um, not an ad not a spawn guys but the Carluccio's is it Prosecco panettone so panettone. I can't do it anymore. I don't think they make it anymore no. but a few years ago and for three or four years Carluccio's produced mm. a 
panettone at Christmas that was infused with a Prosecco cream. That's it, yeah. Or a Prosecco kind of custard. Oh my God, every slice had this burst of like creamy, oozy, beautiful, sweetened cream custard thing. Oh, amazing. Now, you said you'd pick Vegemite. I would do Vegemite. And you're Irish. Phil, Irish, struggled. Because he was like, I'm not familiar with Vegemite. Now, we're not very familiar with Marmite either. And I know they're not necessarily the same thing, but they are mm. essentially the same. Um, not hugely familiar with it. It's not like a condiment that's commonly in, in cupboards in it's Ireland a, either. Yeah, it's it's incredibly British, but now, it where isn't Bovril, Irish. now, on the other hand, was quite popular around yeah. Ireland. So um, he did struggle a little on that front. Um, but I guess, again, also the growing up in Ireland thing, because it's interesting. And I'm, I'm interested to learn more of his story purely mm. because we are Irish and interested to see how he gets on. But going back to what I said about the kumquats... Yeah, it's not an ingredient that you'd go. Oh, I know exactly what I'm gonna do. And then Vegemite being quintessentially Australian, and then on the flip side, also quintessentially British in the form mm. of Marmite. It's not something necessarily that's hugely known here. And then I guess the panettone, like, I think I had it for the first time when I was like 15 or something. Um, like a discounted one from Marks and Spencer or something like mm. that so again it's not something I think that's part of the challenge though yeah. these yeah. aren't obvious ingredients and they have to be a bit difficult to use I think that is the challenge yeah. in the guise of oh here's the flavours of yeah. our own childhood the point is that it's hard speaking of Phil I saw onions and celery and meat on his counter and I was just like oh my god are we here again and Jock came over to interview him and it's a thing I have thought in the first couple of episodes he's he's very harsh on him compared to anyone else obviously he gave him the harshest critiques that um had been pretty fair but incredibly yeah. harsh and I thought in the walkthrough he was really harsh Are on you him. doing it again? And the editing throughout the entire episode yeah. told you this person is going home. Yeah. But then again Jock is also that type who willing people are. Yeah, on. he sees. Yeah. Um, so that was an interesting thing. He, he, we learned as well, this is where we finally got a bit of a preview into into Phil, actually. He's passionate about Irish food, which is a tick from us. He wants to open a wine bar, two ticks from us. And he said his skill set is meat. Yeah. And how to cook it. So I think you've got to give him the space to achieve that. Yeah. And he has obviously mm. chosen that in the first couple of episodes, but they have told him we need to see more more than meat yeah um let's talk about some of the other dishes as we go around the kitchen brent mm. did i see that he described this as being a chicken maryland at one point or was i going crazy because nah. i wrote the, i wrote in my notes chicken maryland he said that uh, but then it became more of a middle eastern style one it looked very nice is the thing that it's the chicken and fruit that combination. That might have been it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and maybe that was where it was. Also, he was stealing my look in this episode. He had a gorgeous hattie on and the beard and... I'm like, uh, hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. I'll um, invoice him. Um, he did take out the hibachi. I did see one on his tabletop, but he did not use it. 
I he don't likes having the option. I know, no, it's nice, it's nice. However, joining the Hibachi League oh. is Amy. Uh, first time Hibachi user first time user Hima- uh, yeah, So she's at one alongside uh, Theo and Rhiannon. Brent's on two. Um, I can't remember what she cooked though. Amy. <laughs> it's like it's here. Amy clo- yeah. cooked a glazed cauliflower. That was it. Yes. With. Um, yeah, there was bits. There was lots of elements, wasn't there? And it sounded beautiful, but it was executed just wrong. Like, I don't think. The, and the judges told her couple of choice errors here. I think using the hibachi, it's not the right method here. Yeah. She cooked, I think, the cauliflower entirely on that. So yeah, like soften it down, put it into some, it. put it into some stock bake or mm. whatever, and finish it and glaze it on the hibachi. Even you know, like, hearing the idea, I was so into it. Yeah. The dish that arrived, not, 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 so, not much, so much. Not so much. Um, Who else glazed? Grace also did a pumpkin that had a glaze of the Vegemite Mm. crumb sesame beautifully plated absolutely gorgeous height garnish Mm. real restauranty yeah really really beautiful Um, I loved the sound of Rue's Swiss roll Mm. with the kumquat in it I couldn't help when she was doing it of Fanny Craddock <laughs> rolling it up at Christmas time like yes. and, and it was a beautiful one and now when it was rolled up as a whole it looked a bit leaky it looked a little bit messy but clever it was just take the one slice and serve it up and mm. absolutely perfect and like the, the sponge key here, so keep good. it simple yeah. but put a twist and actually in a way this is we had a long conversation about this afterwards that's childhood memories in in itself yeah because like i think back to having like swiss rolls at my yeah. granny's house and stuff like that you know so really 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 nice food Addy did pork dumplings with a uh, soy kumquat sauce mm. now i'm surprised anybody could use kumquat because Addy knocked <laughs> Every single one of them off the table, and then I don't think production had any kumquats <laughs> spares, so they all just kind of had to get down on their hands and knees, wash them back. In. So um, they looked perfect. Mm. The dumplings looked unbelievable. I wasn't too, I guess, enamored by a kumquat sauce and a pork dumpling but the judges called it solid 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 mm. across the board so that was also gorgeous Robbie and the beef stew that hadn't enough time mm. can I note Robbie's vibe I love his presence in the kitchen so much and I love him just walking around what are you cooking mm. what are you doing or like how's it going and he's like what <laughs> like he, he, he just he's so cool he as a is your cool granda yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but his stew yes and I, 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 I think he even knew it himself he's like I normally make this in two and a half hours and here I am trying to make it in half that time like, I don't think he used a pressure, pressure no he didn't cooker. he didn't like it's at your disposal I know Andrea did asparagus risotto and <clears throat> this is tying into the thing of I've seen way too much pasta already or kind of like cupboard staples and this is an elimination challenge. Are you really just going to do asparagus risotto mm. and try to add in other flavours? Mm. Like, 
it just isn't inspiring enough. No, no. So let's get on to, we have about 10 minutes left because if you listen to the last episode, uh, we're trying to speed through two episodes so we can watch tonight's one live and get an episode All recorded. All for your pleasure. All for your pleasure and also I'm starving dinners in the kitchen. So, so spoiler alert, the <coughs> three people who are then... With Smash and Pass. <clears throat> oh, oh my God. Smash and Pass first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you can go on your smash first. So my smash is a combination of either Phil's pork dish. It looked really beautiful. Just just cooked pork. Uh, really nice sounding sauces. And Grace's veggie, my pumpkin. I need that pumpkin. It looks beautiful. If I hold a smoking gun to your head. Uh, probably the pumpkin. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Mm. I'm I'm torn between Grace and Brent. And mm. I'm going to go for Grace because okay. I just think it was beautifully done. Hit the brief. Um, I'm going to go for pass. I'm going to say Robbie's stew with a mention also for Amy's uh, cauliflower. Yeah. Um, again, it was just it. It's also the thing of Robbie's stew was it felt just a little bit too homely in a, in a, in a way, aside from the, the toughness. Um, but also, if you, you could tell by it, if I had a few more hours, yeah. it would have been so unctuous and delicious. So, yeah. I'm going to go for Andrea as my pass. I just think it was... Hadn't got any vision. It was quite every day. Yeah. It was the kind of thing I would cook at home of an evening, and this is the first elimination. Yeah. So... Into the second round. Into this second round we have three contestants Amy, Andrea and Robbie and again it's a taste of childhood but now it's their taste of childhood and the touch was the screens that had the photos of the judges <laughs> now turned around to the photos of the contestants so as lovely. kids that was that was lovely that was a great touch and like and I think it just reinforced it because you have this moment where you're like okay you didn't do as well uh, on my childhood memories so now cook your own I think it just gave a little moment of a spark mm. to each of them and also there's an image of younger you there and it's the kind of thing that you do in therapy of like just be kind to yourself be kind to younger you because if you're harsh on yourself you're speaking to them and I think each of the contestants just getting a glimpse of here's how far I've come going into this of three of them someone is going to go home I think that was just really nice to give them a boost yeah that's funny because when RuPaul does it you hate it (laughs) but that feels so forced like holding up the picture and so tell me uh, and here's on two three two one tell me what would you say to three year old you yeah Yeah. Yeah. so I'm gonna do that in the last episode of this podcast (laughs) what would you to say what would you say to Patrick back in August (laughs) when you started this podcast I'd say start (laughs) it and have each episode of ours correspond to their that would be really clever but we're not smart so we are gonna go to Amy first Um, yeah okay why so when they say okay you know go cook type of thing yeah it was fascinating. Oh, yes. It was this fascinating. Moment. Okay. This moment was fascinating. So, uh, Amy and Andrea ran to their bench. And then... No, Amy ran to the pantry, then ran back to the bench. Andrea ran to the bench. And Robbie casually walked into the pantry. And we were like, that's so interesting. 
and when you see it and hear his story you understand so much that it's not about the plan it's about what's available and his cooking style because he talks about cooking uh, you know on the beach and everything like that and the, and the visuals that they put up are amazing you can just tell it's like so what have we got yeah it's a completely different way rather than the meticulous planning of I'm going to do this I'm going to storyboard it out and yada yada yeah. I thought that was a really telling moment that in the edit they could have dropped off but mm. it was just really interesting it tells you that he's an instinctive cook and he's mm. a wild cook he mm. will use the things at his yeah. disposal mm. Um, I think also seeing the photo of a, of younger him also reminded him, no, no, do what you do best, mm. and that's where his dish went. Okay, so let's start with him. on him. Yeah, yeah. So I just have one word. What? Stunning. Smash. <laughs> yeah, like stunning. That curry, that like, fish curry was delicate looking, beautifully plated, yeah. gorgeous color, mm. totally unbrief, mm. totally appealing to the place that he. It, it's so perfect perfectly out of his wheelhouse that mm. he just knew he knew that the slow cooked stew hadn't quite gone well so he pivoted immediately to the thing that he knows the best is fish yeah so, and so nice. those gorgeous exotic curry flavors he just hit mm. this out of the park mm. and mm. i think he had been the true storyline of this other half of that episode because it was all about him connecting to his younger self, kind of assured of his mm, process. Mm. Absolutely it. amazing. Um, then we are going to have Amy. We actually got Amy's backstory a little yeah. bit as well here, which was again a first. Um, and uh, can we just point out the scallop dish the sheep cooked for her parents looks sensational. Really and I would like the recipe for that, for whatever it was. I loved how... She was explaining how her story and her cooking inspiration comes from her mother as well, in particular. And that was her dish in the end, which was the caramel dumplings. The recipe is available on Reddit. It's put on the MasterChef Australia website, but yeah. for some reason you can't get that here. Um, well, because we're not in Australia, but it's on Reddit and I'm Love going it. to make it sometime because it looks really good. Mm, um, even though we don't own a microwave. No, we don't. Now... We have, and I don't care if it goes into overtime here, okay? The snobbery over the microwave. I can't. The snobbery. Now, again, as you just said, we don't own a microwave purely down to space and we don't really use it that much. But there was so much snobbery about it. You're cooking it in there. You're absolutely fine if it's a technical challenge with 25 steps and steps 10 to 12 are do this in the microwave. But the second it's like you're going to cook the whole thing in there. Uh Uh-huh. It's hardly like she went into Coles and got a ready meal, got a fork out and went right, click, 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 done. Yeah, I just think like the whole point of this is that the recipe is inspired by her childhood and the tools available. This was a retro recipe using retro equipment. Mm. And I think like they could have been kinder on that because understanding that as a kid Mm. that's like the magical thing of you put something in to the microwave Mm. and like three minutes after that it comes out cooked like Mm. that's exciting how did so many of us have porridge how many like you know scrambled eggs you know like it's you know 
I just found, I just found that really really weird and how you know uh, there's a bit of snobbery around that these people are home cooks and you have blast chillers there and you're like oh yeah use the blast chiller get on with it you know mm. I might sneeze as you're talking in the next few minutes and I'm not editing it out so just keep talking if I do <laughs> so then an inspired choice of the Bailey's cream Avoid you it. just have to lean into the retroness yeah. brilliant maybe I- the criticism of the microwave might have been it's too simple wink wink how do you elevate it and maybe that's maybe. where the Bailey, Bailey's cream came from I didn't love the just plonking on the raspberries on the plate I thought that was weird could have done what you did the look yeah (laughs) and the look of the dish wasn't really great but clearly you could see Mm. the moment the judges put that spoon in yeah heaven 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 so then Andrea who is Italian and obsessed with a certain hazelnut spread Nutella (laughs) Um, I could listen to him say Nutella for days yeah And like I get the idea And I think people Probably are getting confused Like oh how come he's Italian And he's choosing to do crepes And they're quite French He's from Turin Mm. And that is so close to France And there's so much crossover In that particular Mm. part of the world He even mentioned the mountains That it was a thing that he would have coming If he was up the mountains Yeah So I think that That is in his uh, heritage And I just think it was the wrong choice in this challenge. He could have done, like, something inspired by, but I think it was far too simple. Yeah. It is far too simple to do, and even at that, it wasn't effectively done. And, like, everybody knew. He knew, the Mm. judges knew. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, through the choices made, this was his time to go. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, But... Sad to see him go because he had a great personality. I loved the fact that he clearly has a great bromance with Robbie. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but I absolutely love it so much. It was really, really cute. Uh, but a shame to see him go. But hey, that's how the cookie crumble or the crepe crumbles. Um, I and guess there can as well. only be one winner at the there end. There can only. There can only be one winner. <laughs> On that note, on that note, on our screen right now is the next episode of MasterChef Australia, which we're going to watch right away. So, uh, listen to the next episode, subscribe, and talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.